Hello and happy Wednesday, friends. Glad that you are on with us, even from the couch in Wales. Even from the couch. That's incredible. It's good to know. <laughs> That's hilarious. And Lisa from Westbrook, Westbrook, Connecticut. Are you on the couch, Lisa? Or are you at work? My, my guess is she's in her car on break. <laughs> that's my best guess um let us know in the comments because now we need to know we need to know now anyone else that joins in you are welcome here and thanks for being with us okay we are (laughs) as you know in a 28 week um what do we call it series (laughs) book of acts (laughs) No, I'm not on the couch getting ready to go to work at Chuck's in a bit. Ah. Dang, both wrong. Um, (laughs) That's um, unusual. (laughs) Um, We're talking about Acts 5 today. And there is a lot that can be pulled out of chapter 5. I mean, there is just a lot going on. And just when I think that, oh, this chapter is going to be a breeze, it's not that involved, I'm wrong. There's a lot going on, so many details in um, in each of these chapters. And I'm so glad that we're, we're walking through slowly and methodically because I've missed so much just breezing through and and hitting the the um the highlights and um so this is what i'm gonna this is what i'm gonna tell you people if you have not listened to sunday's teaching you need to go and do that it is a lengthy teaching but there is so much in it that um i think is just it, it's it's important it's an important teaching because Vince just broke down so much which is why I mean it's like these these teachings are like taking over an hour because there is just so much to pull from good morning Yvonne welcome 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 I'm glad you're here with us um there's just there's so much content and and to do it justice you, you feel like you have to hit all of, of the different um, things that are in each chapter. And, and then, you know, at other times we're able to take on two chapters at once. So, um, but it, anyway, I, I dropped the link in the comments. Go and take the time to listen to um, to the teaching from Sunday because Vince did a brilliant job at, at breaking that down. And there is, you'll want to take notes sincerely. You'll actually, I was thinking this morning as I was re-listening in, um, in time and a half, because you know, I didn't have as much time. I was like, two. Oh my gosh. I, two on this one. I, yeah, I need, I just need the notes. <laughs> so um Anyway, but, but I was I was asking I was asking Vince before we got started here. I was like, okay, where did this quote come from? And because I was just like, ah, there's just so many there's just so many good parts in it. It's it's all actually very excellent. So go do yourselves a favor because it's 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 information that we need right now where we're going. It's um it it will serve as um. What am I trying to armor? Mm-hmm. It'll serve as armor for you. So go and check that out. Okay. I'm going to hand it over to you, Vince, and just kind of like maybe recap Sunday yeah. for us. Yeah. It, not only will it serve as armor, but it will also serve as weaponry as well, which is why this one was so lengthy is because in, in each of these headings that I'll recap quickly here in a second, there's a lot of scripture to back these up. This is the, the, the armor, the, the information that we're understanding is the armor. The, the scripture that backs up that armor is the weaponry that we can take out and use to fight. And, and so um, going through Acts 5, there was three sections in this chapter. There's the, the section about Ananias and Sapphira. We're seeing, um, we're seeing some, some fracturing of oneness here because there is deception that's going on. And uh, 
following that, there's the, the section where many signs and wonders are being done. We're starting to see uh, uh, more of the witness and it's um, some of the same things are going on, the healings and in and, and, and mass, everybody being, being brought from all over the region, all the, the sick, all of those uh, uh, troubled by possession being brought and being healed. And um, then we see the apostles arrested and freed. Uh, we see them again being uh, told not to preach in the name of Jesus. Um, but obviously, they're not going to listen to that. They didn't listen before. They're not going to listen again. Um, the, the difference this time is now the opposition uh, uh, behind that message of not to speak in Jesus' name is ramped up because now they're beaten. Now they get the, the, the 40 lashes minus one. And obviously, that's, that is uh, not going to be something that is easily taken on. It's going to be extremely painful for all of them. They're going to walk out of there uh, uh, broken, bruised, battered, bleeding, uh, uh, just a mess. But what did they do? They rejoiced. They, they, they counted it as, as a blessing, as a joy to be able to say, I was found worthy to be uh, humiliated, to be beaten uh, on behalf of Jesus. And that was joyful for them. And so this is the, the defiance in the face of the opposition that they're seeing. And so three things I focused on on Sunday was witness, the opposition, and defiance. And there's a, a lot going on under witness that, that we looked at. The first one being that Holy Spirit does support believers when they're witnessing. He empowers effective witness, which means you, the witness that you share, he is making that effective. As you're being true to the gospel, you're keeping it simple for people to understand. You're you're allowing room for uh, repentance and uh, uh, salvation there, and, and and being brought in. He, he empowers that effectiveness of your witness. He also confirms the testimony of believers. There's going to be uh, other witnesses that come to confirm the testimony that you're sharing, or he's going to come on his own to to touch hearts, to to let people know that what it is you're sharing is, is true. Holy Spirit also convinces people of their need that you're going to be sharing. And, and uh, again, we talked about outcomes are not ours to worry about. We, we leave outcomes up to God. If, if we don't, we're going to, we're going to find ourselves in uh, a lot of worry and a lot of mess. And so there's going to be a convincing of need as, as you witness, as you share Jesus. Holy Spirit also brings people to, to new birth. This is, uh, uh, if you think of Jesus's uh, conversation with Nicodemus in John three, he's, he's talking about new birth and that's what's, that's what Holy Spirit is going to bring as you witness also. Uh, he's going to, to guide us, the, the believers as we witness. This is a big thing that, that we want to ensure that we're relying on Holy Spirit for guidance, for direction. Uh, because there's no better guide than the one who can can see what needs to be done, can can give us the words that need to be spoken, and so we need to we need to rely on him as our guide, and and not try to do it on our own. Again, that just is, it's not going to lead to to where it is we're we're trying to get to, and just leads to a mess. There's also uh, witnessing and spiritual warfare that we talked about, and really just understanding what we're going to get to in a minute is what is the target of opposition? And we'll talk about that in a second. We also talked about witnessing and persecution. Uh, witnessing is going to result in persecution. Uh, here in unedited life, we, we don't sugarcoat the fact that um, just being a disciple of Jesus and following him and, and going 100% is going to be easy. That's just not the truth. The truth of the matter is that there is going to be opposition that you face and, and persecution is going to come and, and we can't get away from that. And so we need to understand that witnessing is going to result in that. However, we have all of these things that Holy Spirit is doing in and through us and, and behind us, for lack of a better word. You know, we have the throne of the King of Kings that backs our play, that backs our witness. Yeah. And so we have to keep that in mind, too, in the face of uh, persecution. There is supernatural help in the face of persecution. When the apostles were arrested, they were freed in the middle of the night by an angel. And the guards that were there didn't see them leave. 
because when uh, uh, the temple captain came the next morning, the guards were found in place. The doors were locked. Made big show of this when he went back to say that those guys aren't there. The ones we arrested, I don't know where they're at. Um, so there was supernatural help in the face of persecution that could also come. And we also talked about witness being promoted by persecution. Persecution has this, this uh, um, draw to it for some reason that, that spreads information out wider. The, the, the fact that these guys were arrested, freed from prison, and then were found the, the first thing at daylight back in the temple doing the very thing they were arrested for the day before. So uh, um, people see this. And so this story is going to escalate quickly in the fact of how, how fast it spreads. Think of a wildfire and a windstorm. There's plenty of fuel out there and it just goes. And so the, this persecution, it, it pushes and it promotes the witness that's being shared. And so this is another understanding. Something else we need to understand about witnessing and persecution is, is you can count this as joy also because you know this is going to spread. This persecution wasn't wasn't actually having the intended effect. It wasn't stopping them from from teaching in the name of Jesus, from going out and sharing uh, his message and and the freedom that's found in him. And so that that is going to spread. These guys aren't afraid. They're going to get arrested. They're going to get beaten. Doesn't matter. They they walk away uh, uh, rejoicing about it. Can you imagine how that story is going to spread to people? And so. Uh, persecution does promote witness. From there, we moved into talking about opposition and focusing on that. Three targets of opposition. Obviously, uh, the first being God himself. That's the first target of opposition. The second being uh, believers, God's people, and also God's work. These are the three areas that you find opposition coming against. And we have to remember, opposition coming against us isn't necessarily about us. Yes, we carry gifts. We have a calling and, and there's persecution that's coming against us in that. But we have to remember that's that's the calling that God has given us. So that's against his work, against uh, uh, us, his people who are carrying out that work. But ultimately, this is against God himself. This is rebellion against the most high, the one who created the heavens and earth. And that's that's something we need to remember. And it may help us to um, to not take it personally and to be able to find the area of being able to rejoice in that when we remember that uh, this this rebellion, the opposition, this is coming against God. And, and we are being attempted to be used in that. Uh, second thing under opposition we looked at was uh, the sources of opposition. Uh, they were the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Basically, we, we understand that, you know, we know that um, Jesus spoke about being the world being against him. You know, if if the world hates you, just remember it hated him first. And understanding that uh, uh, the desires of the flesh are against the desires of the spirit. We know that fleshly desires, they are short term, short lived. They, they don't. They don't last. There's nothing substantially valuable for us that goes long-term. The things of the spirit, however, are eternal. And those, those are the things we want to be going after. And so we know that opposition uh, comes in the form of the flesh. And then, of course, the devil. Um, obviously, you know, uh, uh, the one who is uh, opposed to God the most and and would rather himself be seated on the throne of the most high, but that's not possible. That's never going to happen. And, and we know we, we heard Jesus talk about seeing him cast out of heaven, cast down. And so uh, he is going about looking to see who he can devour, which in devouring, what is that? It's the destruction of something, the tearing apart of it. And so that's what we see here when we look at the sources of opposition. These sources are, are, are the world, the flesh, the devil coming in to tear us apart and to tear apart God's work and, and what it is that he's wanting to do. 
next thing we looked at under opposition was some of the strategies used in opposition. There were uh, shows of strength, uh, discouraging propaganda, uh, surprise, seduction, uh, deceitfulness, and sustained pressure. These are, are all things that you can find throughout Scripture. And I went through a lot of, of examples uh, on Sunday in that, that teaching that Angie posted, uh, particularly from uh, Ezra and Nehemiah. You can go through those two books right there, and you can find all of these uh, for the most part in there. When you get to uh, seduction, just go look at the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. There was deceit and uh, seduction both there that were coming against Joseph. And so you can look at all of those, those strategies that are used and you can find them throughout scripture. And, and these are things again, that are coming against God himself, coming against his people and against his, the work that he is trying to do here on the earth through us. Then we looked at, at different motives for opposition and, and those are varied uh, when, when people are used as opposition and, and they are deceived to go against God, there is, there's different motives that they carry. And, and if they were believing people, those motives would, would go out the window. Uh, we, we still find those motives sometimes in the church, um, but they can be more easily combated in a believer because there's conviction of the Holy Spirit there. Yeah. And so, um, you can you can look at those. The ones I highlighted were jealousy, troubled conscience, uh, vested interests, and then uh, no just cause. And, and no just cause means, uh, you know, they came against Jesus. They they sentenced him to death on a cross for what? Absolutely nothing. He did nothing wrong. Didn't deserve punishment whatsoever. But he took that on, and and went to the cross. And then we looked at dealing with opposition, uh, basically being prepared, uh, keeping a right perspective, being in prayer, uh, being patient, having uh, prudence, uh, as well as perseverance, uh, having that resilience to, to continue going in the face of opposition. All of these things, uh, again, gave uh, scriptural evidence for uh, in the teaching. And the last thing uh, I talked about was defiance. And this is, this is one of the key things that I think we need to catch in these stories about uh, witnessing and opposition in the book of Acts. There is a defiance that is taking place, not against right authority, but against the opposition that's coming against God, against his people, and against his work. This is where we see the apostles, this is where we see the believers being defiant in the face of these things, continuing to come together, continuing to speak about Jesus, continuing to to worship him, to praise him, to spread his message, to heal, to give, to take care of one another. These are these are the the, the tools of defiance that they're using, but it's not defiance against um, I don't I don't know, right authority. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, un, uh, un, unright authority would be those things coming against God, against His work, and against His people. And this is where defiance is the thing we have to look at. We know that defiance uh, of God is condemned in scripture. Uh, we know that to defy God's people is to defy God. Gamaliel talked about this. If this in Acts 5, if this move that these men are, are behind is of God, then you don't want to be found fighting against him. Right. Because you could be. And uh, we also looked at defiance of, oh, excuse me, legitimate authority. That's what I used the other day. Uh, defiance against legitimate authority is, is not what we're doing. That's not the idea that we're taking on here. We're talking about the tyranny that's coming against God and his people and his work. So defiance of ungodly authority is absolutely promoted. And, and we need to tap into that inside of ourselves because with when we are leading with the fear of the Lord, we are going to be able to easily tap into that defiance of ungodly authority because we aren't, aren't afraid of men because that ungodly authority is, is trying to exert control over God's people. And it's trying to, to squash the witness that we are sharing. And that is ungodly authority. And that's where we need to be defiant. And, and I think that is the, the one big thing as you go back and listen to this teaching 
uh, or, or you, you start to read these stories in Acts or other places in the Bible, think about the defiance of DNA, uh, the DNA of defiance that we carry as new creation. And this is defiance against ungodly authority because it has no place in the kingdom. And, and we should not uh, um, condone it. We shouldn't tolerate it because it just brings compromise into us. And we're inviting that into kingdom, into the kingdom as its citizens if we don't stand in defiance to that ungodly authority. That's about as brief as I can make it. Oh man, we should have we should have just gone in the direction of, of defiance because I feel like it's the one thing that you didn't have enough time for. I, yeah. Maybe, maybe we should just do a whole a whole other episode on on just um defiance because that's really good. Oil and water does not mix. Anne Marie, you are correct. Ding, 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 you win. Um, it, it, it doesn't, but we still try and we still try and do it all the time. In our compromise, we do this. We attempt to to mix things that were never intended to to be mixed within us. And and this is why there we're not seeing the power of our witness because it's it's tainted. It's, it's tainted with all kinds of compromise because of things that we have tolerated. And um, I want to go back to, um, to the, the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Now, if you're someone that has, has you know, been around a, a while and, and you've, you've looked at this story, but you're like, I don't get it kind of thing and, and and the unfortunate thing is is like we really don't have enough information to to conclude solidly we just don't know what we do know is is they they're caught withholding they're caught lying and and that was something that that you brought into the conversation on Sunday also and this this quote I think I have I think I got this one down. Um, uh, lying to the Holy Spirit is a sin that Christians commit frequently today when Christians act hypocritically by pretending a devotion that is not theirs or a surrender of life they have not really made. They lie to the Holy Spirit. If God acted today as he did in the early Jerusalem church, undertakers would have much more work than they do right now. And um, Constable, I think, was the last name, did not catch the... Tom Constable. That's from the Holman New Testament Commentary on Acts. Wow, right? <laughs> do you, do, can you can you copy and paste it in the, the comments? Is that simple enough? The quote? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It, just, just so you guys have it to... I mean... <laughs> what? Lisa, I'd be dead for sure. <laughs> I'd be dead for That's sure. Fun. Same. I mean, which of us, which of us can actually plead innocent in this case? It, we we have been under so much compromise that we can't. You're killing me. <laughs> dead for sure. That's so funny. Um, but I mean, that. Thank you for your honesty because. Mm. Seriously, guilty, and um, because we we've been we've been brought up playing reindeer games, right? And and silly not, reindeer games. Yes, it, it's there's not been there's not been a a real reverence that has been um, really like cultivated in, in our hearts toward the Lamb of God, and we're getting there though. And so yes, feel the sting, but don't settle there. Um, let's, let's read it again. Vince, will you go ahead and read it? Yes. Lying to the Holy Spirit is a sin that Christians commit frequently today. When Christians act hypocritically by pretending a devotion that is not there or a surrender of life that they have not really made, they lie to the Holy Spirit. If God worked today as he did in the early Jerusalem church, undertakers would have much work. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's intense, but right now we need to be hungry for this level of of Holy Spirit inter interrogation, right? We need this. Yes. We desperately need this. I I am I'm wanting to welcome this level 
of, of interrogation, of examination. God, come and search my heart. What is in there that, that um, is allowing compromise? And, and, and he will be faithful <laughs> to point that kind of thing out for us because he wants us free. It's about freedom, right? It's not about us um, digging up dirt to take on the, um, the appearance of evil. That's not it at all. It's, it's God search me so that I can be free from these things. And I think so often that the trap that we fall into is um, we see that there is this thing going on in us and we begin to identify with it. And then we shrink back. We're like, ah, too big, don't want to deal with it. And and I think that that's a trap to identify with the dirt. Don't identify with it. Just allow Holy Spirit to do the work that needs to be done in our hearts. If he's if he's touching something and he's going like, this is not serving you, just God, remove this from my heart. Remove this thing. You know, I, I renounce this thing. I, I repent of this thing and help me to walk away from it. it we do not have to identify with the dirt that's that's in there and in regard to withholding you need to we need to just be willing to be asking those hard questions of holy spirit and of those people that are walking with us who know the call on our lives where am i withholding where am i withholding i do not want to be one that gives the undertakers work to do where am i withholding where am i still playing small where am I not offering the Lamb of God what He is so worthy of? Yeah, because it, it really is uh, a deception where we end up wearing a mask, trying to figure out how to maintain the deception as well. Yeah, because one deception is just going to continue to lead to the next, to the next, to the next. And it's, it's a never ending downward spiral that, that we can't, um, we can't maintain. There's just no ability to maintain it there. Yeah. But you know, you mentioned the word interrogation and, and inviting a Holy spirit interrogation, a holy interrogation, a holy interrogation. You know, I, I think there's probably no better thing we can do at, at least on a weekly basis. Yeah. If not daily. I mean, it, and when we're starting out doing that, we probably should be doing it daily just to figure out what, what should this look like? I need to yeah. enter into this every day because there's probably um, a fair amount of things going on that needs to be interrogated and, and uncovered and, and not just for the sake of uncovering, which I think we have to remember that as well. It, it's for the sake of, of dealing with it and being able to move on. If, yeah. if we want to be effective in witnessing for Christ, we need to to be able to say that we're walking in a holy split, a holy place with, with clean hands and a pure heart. Right. And, and I think it, it, in that regard, we have to, we have to look at the word interrogation a little bit more. Yeah. Thinking about the opposition, interrogating that it, this thing has to, to give you answers. It's going to give you answers when you ask, because the, the answers are coming from Holy spirit. And, and so we're going to, we're going to be able to, have thoughts, interrogate them, and and wring every bit of information out of them. I don't want to say wring every bit of truth out of them because we're going to uncover lies there. Sure. And which which reveals to us a, a direction of truth. And so, um, I, I think we need to take that word interrogation a little bit more seriously, and and not think about what we see on TV or in movies as it relates to interrogation. Because uh, if we go back to um, dealing with opposition and and patience and prudence and prayer, yeah, these are things that um, are tools for us in the interrogation room. Mm -hmm. When we are questioning these things, these are the things we're waiting on because we need to be patient to wait on God. We need to be patient to to not uh, again. We've talked about this so much over the last few months to not wait. Uh, or, or to find that one piece of information and run off. Rather, we need to wait and and take a breath 
and, and evaluate and allow Holy Spirit to uncover and reveal all that it is that he's wanting to show us before we go out to take action. We have to be patient and, and prudence lies in the patience there. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, and, and here's the thing is like, we, we all get triggered at the most awkward inopportune times <laughs> by different things. And those are the perfect moments to pause and, and be like, Oh my gosh, you're right. It, you're, you're right. Like I, I do do that Holy spirit and, and, and to just be quick about it in, in those moments. So yet there's, there's going to be the things that, that we have to play the long game in, but then there's the things that it just requires a quick turning around. Like, Oh my gosh, yes. Guilty. Help me move out of this and, mm-hmm. and, and move on. If we would, if we would stop self-protecting, we would realize that all of the things that we are told to do, like confess your sins one to another, where that that becomes something that is inviting rather than scary. And, and like we are this this proves that the level of compromise that we're in, because that's a holy act. That is something that we're invited into because it's holy and it. It reveals righteousness in us when we pursue that level of holiness by confessing our sins one to another. We're we're pursuing holiness in that. It's not something to fear or be afraid of. It's only when we internalize the sin that, that we're afraid to confess the thing, to bring the thing into the light. And that's how it loses its hold. So when we have strongholds, in our life, it is because we have allowed ourselves to personalize the shortcomings, the sin, the failings, the fallings. And we need to not do that anymore, you know? And I think that another area where where we are guilty of withholding is this, this stronghold in the collective mind of the bride that there is only space for one to rise at a time. Mm-hmm. There's space for one person to be big at a time. And, and you can see this by, by the way that we have done church over the past several decades, that there is just a, a limelight shown on and one individual, honestly, you know, per, per um, community and sometimes even within an entire city, like, oh, well, he is the man of God and, and there's only room for one man of God. And guys, this like goes against the, the principles of the kingdom of God. It's many sons, many daughters, and, and God's desire is that we all rise and expand at the same time. And there is room enough for, for everyone to be big. Now, is there some rearranging that needs to take place in, in, in those kinds of moments? Absolutely. And we talk about this all the time is recognizing who has the hot hands. And and we've been bringing this up a lot lately, especially is like recognizing who who is it that, that God is really pouring into right now? And then the rest of our job is to really compliment that by being big. I, I don't get, I don't, I'm not capable of complimenting somebody who, who God is really pouring into by shrinking back and making, making less of myself and whining and complaining because nobody can see me right now. My job is to actually rise up and expand in the greatness of God to complement his favor that is on whoever that person is. And maybe it's persons, maybe it's, it's multiple people, but um, this is, this is another stronghold that, that has us withholding from God. And I do not want to be one that is, is caught stealing from the Lord's treasury. And you brought that up. On, on Sunday through the story that we find in Joshua chapter seven, when they, they go in and they, they conquer. Can't ever remember the name of the town. AI. I, it's spelled AI. I don't know how to pronounce it. No, no. That's who they got defeated by. Yes. It's um, it Jericho. Was, they yeah. go in and they, they conquer Jericho. Yeah. The walls come falling down. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. you know, the story. And, um, 
and 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 they were given very specific instructions on what to do and what not to do and and the lord withholds himself from them in the next battle and joshua is besides like what like you've set us up for failure and god's like no you set yourself up for failure because you have gone against my word and um and through a series of interrogations talk about interrogation my gosh you know Aiken is found to have stolen silver i think it was was it silver it was, it was a some- cloak 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels yeah so he and he, all of these things belonged in the lord's treasury and he stole them and hid them and and the the results are very like um, the the scene that we're we're watching take place in Ananias and Sapphira. And only Achan's entire family is punished, killed, put to death for for what they did. And and this we have to file under withholding. They are he was withholding from the Lord what belonged to him. Now. He's a kind God and he's limitless in what he offers us. And so Achan didn't have to go and take anything for himself because God would have provided more than what it was that he stole. But how many times have we been caught with our hand in the cookie jar because we don't trust that he's a good God? So even in this, you know, by, by trying to, by attempting to make our own way, we're withholding from the Lord because he longs to lavish his goodness on his children. It's who he is. I think uh, in, in these strongholds you were talking about a few minutes ago, <clears throat> there are things that can come out of that. We can, we can, you know, do like Adam and Eve and attempt to hide ourselves from God and, and cover ourselves up. And, and really all we're doing is just pretending again, um, but I, I think, you know, confessing sins one to another, being inviting, I think we have to let ourselves off the hook about perfection. Yeah. Because I, I'm pretty sure that all of us have a tendency to uh, not want to be caught uh, outside of perfection. And perfection's unattainable. I, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking to myself, right? And, and um, it, it's the absolute truth is, is perfection is is unattainable and perfection is the enemy of action as well, which is something else to keep in mind. Um, when we want to take action, we always want to take perfect action, but that's just not always attainable to be able to do. And so I, I think that's, um, that's important to remember because also you mentioned the, the, the one person that it person in the community or in the city or wh- whatever that looks like, uh, depending on the size of the organization, this one person, uh, if that was the model, why do why were we given the the fivefold ministry, those different graces that we have in apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, evangelist? Well, why do we have all of that? If we weren't to work together, if we weren't to find that one with the hot hand and push them out to say, it's you right now. Yeah. Speak on behalf of the Lord and and share what it is that he's given you to share and let's let's go in that that direction let's let's look at that let's see what's revealed there because in that person's gift when that goes out the the people that hold the other gifts or even the same one because we've talked about this as well as uh you know five people in the room that are all prophets are not going to come at things the same way right there is always uh um in the providence of God and preparing that person, there is always something different there. Yeah. That is, that has to be exciting because Mm -hmm. we get to see different facets of the same God. Yes. In these people. And so it's the same thing with the different today. There you go. It's the same thing with the rest of the graces as well is, is now not only do we get to see uh, uh, it broke open in the people that have the same grace, like prophets for sin, Uh, for instance, uh, now we get to see it broke open even wider and even bigger. And so now we take our our, our little graph, you can see it growing up and we have this exponential curve that shoots up because now we're bringing in so many other gifts. And so we can't rely on on the one person 
with the one, maybe two gifts, um, and and then trying to pretend the others, um, it just doesn't work. It's not it's not sustainable. It's not the way it was supposed to be, and and we have to get away from that because it's not attractive to anybody. And if we are going to reach future generations, if if we're really if we're really pushing hard, we're answering the questions: Is how am I going to affect in this community with this this body of believers that I'm sharing oneness with? How am I going to affect seven generations down the road? What's the legacy that I'm leaving with the next one or two generations that's going to have effect seven generations from now? And I think if we are looking at just the one it person on the platform and that's it, then that effect isn't going to go very far. That legacy is going to stop far short of seven generations down the road. Right. And so I think it's very important to, to go back to uh, uh, thinking about what you're talking about with strongholds. Because if we allow those to contain or, or allow those to to exist and be contained with us, they get stronger over time. Those walls get reinforced. They get bigger. We get more defenses set up. They start getting uh, layered defenses. Now we've got overlapping fields of fire in this defense. Nobody's getting through here. And, yeah. and we have to be able to bring these things. And, and, and confessing one to another shouldn't be about being caught in imperfection, but should be about uh, sharing the gospel of Jesus and, and doing so with, with boldness and with the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and I think this is another reason we're falling short of seeing the same uh, level of power, at least through us, that, that we saw in the book of Acts, because we're allowing compromise to come in. And uh, there is no reason it can't be as fresh and new of an experience for us, just like it was for uh, Peter and the rest of the 119 in the upper room. It should be just as fresh. It should be just as powerful for us as it was, you know, almost 2000 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we need it. We, we desperately, we need it. We need the witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, that, that you can feel the earth groaning for it. Um, we, we had a moment this past Sunday in, in worship and, um, and, and Robin was leading us so well in it. it, it she, she goes off-roading. She comes up with a list and then she just, you know, totally abandons her. So list. Good. Those are the best Sundays, I think. It was so good. <laughs> and and she just started worshiping in a vein of repentance, of returning. And, and, and I could feel the desperation, not in the room, but in the atmosphere. And as she, she was just singing over the the space and because it went so far beyond just the the people that were in in the room um i could i could see that i could see the people awakening just slightly lifting their head as though they just heard for the first time and maybe the first time in a long time but we just desperately need the the refreshing the renewing message of Jesus Christ in fullness, in purity, untainted. And, and I, I, you, another scripture that you brought up that really gripped my heart in, in real time. And then again, when I was re-listening to the teaching this morning was revelation seventeen fourteen. Do you want to set that up before I go there? Uh, yes, that was, let me read that real quick. Because I don't have the scriptures listed under these. Uh, they will make war on the land. So th this is about opposition here. This is, um, th this can fit into a lot of these different categories, but this is really about the, the opposition coming against the lamb. Uh, but there is, there is an overcoming there. And, and I think that we have to remember that uh, we are empowered to, to have effective witness and um, regardless of the opposition, 
there is there is a backing of the king of kings and the lord of lords with what we are doing and it's it's ultimately him we are talking about it's ultimately him that holy spirit is is revealing to us and through us and so um understanding who opposition is against again against god his people his work ultimately it's coming back against god remembering that is is helps us with with understanding some of these things that we we'll read in scripture yeah it, it, it's such a it's a powerful place in revelation and and first i i want to read um hold on i lost my my spot in there we go. Um, so in Acts 5.12, it says, <clears throat> And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders took place among the people, and they were all with one accord. And, and this, is, this is becoming the common theme, <clears throat> excuse me, so far in, in, in the first five chapters is like, they are of one mind. They lifted their voice in one accord. They, they're sharing all things in common. This is the common theme is that these people were in one accord. And, and so they're, they're not, they're not um, jostling for position. They are after Jesus Christ and that's it. They are so moved by the testimony of the apostles at their witness that they're, they're just, they're dazzled by this message and, and, and they, they just have this, this conviction to be as one that they're, they're not, you know, that it was uncommon. What happened with Ananias and Sapphira is uncommon and look what it provoked. The people are like, I'm going to stand over here and just watch, you know, I'll be across the street, but I'm not coming over there. Cause that's scary. You know, I could also die wise. That's wise. And I think that we've made, we've made the, the gospel message so sugar coated that um, we're like, you know, just freely come. There's nothing expected of you. And that's not true. That is absolutely not true. The, the, the message of Jesus Christ is give up your life, lay down your life, become a living sacrifice, deny yourself. You, you no longer live. See, if you're going to come over on this side, you will no longer live. It will be Jesus Christ that lives through you. You're giving everything up. And, and we've made it something that it's not. We, we became so addicted to numbers that that we 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 did anything we could to convince the person to just say yes to the altar call and um and and they are no more followers of Jesus than Hitler was you know and and I know that that's that's extreme and I'm intending to be extreme because until you've laid down your life until you've counted the cost and you are willing to, just like David did when he's carrying the ark in to Jerusalem, every five steps slaughter your own intentions, your own strengths. You're not grabbing hold of the concept of what it means to follow Jesus. It is extreme. It's lay down your life. And that's, that's the invitation is to lay down your life to follow Christ. And so these people that are in one accord, they've done so. They've counted the cost quickly. They're like, I'm in. But then listen to this. When we jump over to Revelation chapter 17, verse 14, it says, these will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them. For he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And they who are with him, he called and chosen and faithful will also overcome them. These will make war with a lamb. Who is these? Read verse 13. These have one mind and they gave their power and authority to the beast. Guys, we are in so much compromise that we're not even doing what Jesus said to do when he laid out the the, um, the Beatitudes and he gave the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 7, he talks about the fruit of 
the tree. And he's, he, he brings us into the space where he's talking about the fruit that comes from thorns and thistles. It's not good fruit. And we are in so much compromise that we will not even rightly judge the fruit because we are so consumed with not losing anybody, not losing numbers that we will not judge rightly the fruit. And I read this the other day in a a comment on social media. It was like the, the call was never to be optimistic about the fruit. Ouch. The call was never to be optimistic about the fruit. It was to judge the fruit. Mm. And until we're willing to do that, we're not going to see the transformation that God intends through the vehicle of the kingdom of God. Because we are unwilling to rightly judge the fruit, we give people permission to grow poisonous fruit. We have fruit in our midst that's filled with venom and we've allowed it we've gave it permission to continue to taint everything we do we've allowed it to stick around and and impose opposition what if we were actually brave enough to judge the fruit and it is exactly what was needed to free the individual Our cowardice is holding the kingdom of heaven hostage. And we really do need to take that seriously because it's, it's the war with the lamb that bothers me. And I was telling Vince before we got started, the the question, are we making war with the lamb is something we need to really consider. Are we making war with the lamb by our inaction. Our inaction is also opposition. We have to be those who are willing to stand in righteousness and call out bad fruit. for the sake of the wholeness of the person. When we don't, we're just giving permission for the enemy to hang around and wreak havoc. Mm -hmm. I don't want to stand in opposition to the Lamb of God. I want to offer up a reward, which means I have to do the things he's called me to do. Have to. There is no, there's no wiggle room on that. Have to, have to. I will not rob him of what he's worthy of. And that needs to be our stance. I will not be the one that stands in opposition and makes war against the lamb. Talking about giving up your life. If you don't, that's just another form of opposition, withholding. It just goes back to what we talked about earlier, withholding. And, and the question is, is, is will you make the commitment and take on the responsibility associated with this level of submission or be found in, in opposition and making war against the lamb? Yeah. There's one other quote uh, I used on Sunday from John Hill. It's in the, uh, I think it's the New American Commentary uh, on Acts. It says, it is the same two-sidedness talking about uh, coming off of of the, the story with Ananias and Sapphira and then looking at um, the apostles uh, having great signs and wonders and miracles happen around them. It says it, it is the same two-sidedness of the Spirit's power that had just been demonstrated in Ananias and Sapphira. The power of the miracles attracts. The awesome power of the Spirit that judges also demands commitment and responsibility. Before that power, the crowd kept its distance with healthy respect, unless they were willing to fully submit to that power and make a commitment. And and this is where I'm pulling that question. Will you make the commitment and take on the responsibility associated with this level of submission? The level of submission that says, I will give up my life for Jesus. I'll give it all up and, and place myself on the altar as a living sacrifice. 
there is there's a commitment there. And I think if we're calling ourselves believers and followers of Christ, his disciples, then there is a responsibility to do so, yeah. to, to, to submit and, and do so to that, that great sacrificial level. Yeah. And if it feels intense, you're hearing it right. Because it is intense. But it's also limitless. All of it. It's limitless. It will cost everything. It does cost everything. Everything. And if I had to nutshell it, I would say that God is looking for people that will allow him to strip everything away so that he can use us in any nation at any moment. We're so nationalistic. That right now he can't, we're not versatile enough. We will go and we will not promote the kingdom. We'll promote our nation. We need, we need to go lower still, lower still. Let him strip the next layer off for freedom's sake. For the sake of the gospel reaching the ends of the earth. He is the desire of the nations. It takes brave individuals who are willing to lay their lives down fully that can fulfill the desire of the nations. Let the witness of Jesus Christ rise up in you today. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the ears that can hear you right now. I thank you for the burning that's taking place in souls right now. I thank you for the little tiny pick me. God, I'm unsure. Pick me. I'm not completely sure of what the cost is, but pick me. Jesus, it's a privilege to live out our days as you, to be the response to the nations to have our mouths filled with your witness to live and move breathe and have our entire being wrapped up in you remove the blinders Holy Spirit Help us to see clearly. Embolden us to say what you're saying, to do what you're doing. Help us to lay down our fleshly tactics and to say no to compromise. And yes to you. Amen. Okay, guys, I want to remind you, yes, submission to our flesh feels devastating, but to our spirit feels like abundant life. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I want to remind you about the Behold Conference that um, we are hosting in July, July 12th through the 14th. We have um, an incredible lineup of speakers, and um, and 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 are oh we're we're so positioned to host well the nations, and this has been this has been the desire of of our collective heart to 
to host the nations well and, um, and, and to host the altar of God well, to govern his fire well, and, and be a place where one can fully yield their lives to Jesus Christ. And so if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, please go out to the link that Vince dropped in the comments and get registered. We have limited space. And so there, there's no cost. However, we would love to partner with you if you feel so led to support this conference. But all of the information is out on the website. Follow the link and please get yourself register, registered if, <clears throat> if it's something that you feel like you need to be a part of. Because again, space is limited and we need to know how many people we have coming. So we're it's something that we're promoting now because listen, it's already February and it was just January 1st, two days ago. So it's just Thanksgiving <laughs> in November, you know, a couple of days ago. Exactly. And, um, and, and here we are in, in February and I mean like an entire week into February. It's crazy. So July will be here before we know it. And we would love, love, love to have you, to know you and to love you. All right. We're going to say goodbye for now and we'll see you next time.